0: The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss.
1: Ready, ready. All right, here we go. From the tenth, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown.
2: You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my
0: God. That's incredible. <laughs> Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, alright?
2: That is the ultimate kibosh. You wanna bet? <laughs> <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome into the Action Network Podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the king of sports sportsbooks, Brendan Glassheen, alongside our usual suspects. We have Brandon Anderson. Luke Vegas refund Swain and Anthony DeBundo in the rotating third chair this week. Excellent week in week 14 for the podcast. Seven and two on the picks for the year now, 67 and 60. I may add to some Joe Gallant anytime touchdowns in there with some nice odds. So uh, thanks to Luke and a part of me. Well, thanks to Luke as well. But thanks to Jill uh, for his excellent work throughout the course of the season. When you include the look aheads from Brandon Anderson, 74 and 63 for the year. So a nice little run we've been on here down the stretch Let's keep it going. You can find the video version of the podcast on the Action Network YouTube page. So, if you've already found us, great. Uh, Once you are there, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the channel, like the video. We greatly appreciate it. And on the podcast side, a five star rating and review is appreciated. Brandon, Luke, and Anthony, all available individually in the free, award winning Action Network app. Give it a download, track your picks, our picks to make yourself a better, better. Okay, fellas, nine straight weeks at 900 or better. Let's keep this going. Brandon Anderson, I'll start with you. Best bet for week 15, your first one. Yeah, this this is a tough slate, guys. I thought this was one of the harder slates of the season,
1: finding stuff that I like. But there's one game that I loved, so that's the one I'm leading with, and that is the Los Angeles Rams, minus six, home against the Commanders, six and a half if you need it. Look, I faded the Rams last week. I went head-to-head with Bundo on this, and I lost. And I, I lost by one, but it was a bad read by me. The Ravens were fine, but the Rams were really good. And the Rams offense, I thought, just really proved how legit they were against a good Ravens defense. I actually moved the 6-7 and seven Rams after a loss up in my power rankings into the top 10. That's how impressive I thought their performance was in that game. And then you have the Commanders who are the worst defense in the NFL. They're number two in, uh, uh, number 32 in DVOA, number 32 past DVOA. They've had no pass rush, none, since trading away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So Matt Stafford is going to stand back there and pick apart the secondary. Poor Emmanuel Forbes, the rookie for Washington, has been getting burned a lot of times this season. Cooper Cup had a big game last week. I think he's finally healthy after that injury. Pukunakua obviously has had a big year. I just feel like the Rams' offense can do really anything it wants here. Rams, over the last five games, are ninth in DVOA in the NFL. Offensively, they are number two behind just the 49ers. You know how good the Niners have been? The Rams are the only team, uh, the the Niners' only team the Rams are trailing. So, defensively, still not great, but Remorse done a nice job. Like, they're around league average. They're number eight against the run. That's what you want against Washington. Washington is pretty run-heavy and uh the rams are also better in the first half where the uh commanders are actually much worse in the first half so i think that sets up for stay on the front foot get what you want with the rams get a lead and then i don't really think you like washington coming from behind ron rivera out of a bye week that the one the one thing here i don't love is washington's out of the bye week how is it like mid december and we still have teams coming out of a bye week also i think that this is the fourth time this year the rams have faced a team out of the bye Suffice to say, the NFL did not think the Rams were supposed to still matter this point of the season. Ron Rivera out of the bye four and eight ATS. I'm not really that worried about Ronnie getting a little extra time to prep for this game, so I'm not going to be too worried about that. Uh, Commanders have allowed 28 points or more in three straight games, actually four straight. But teams allowing 28 or more three straight are 22, 45, and two ATS. 60 or sorry, 33% hit rate for them. 67% for the Rams on the other side. Washington has actually allowed 28 or more, 9 out of 13 games this season. So they've probably been on for this stat a bunch of the times. Their last two games before the bye, 45 to the Dolphins, 45 to the Cowboys. Guess what? During this same span, the Rams are number two in offense, better than the Dolphins and the Cowboys. So I love the Rams. I looked at their team total over. I looked at the first half. I think this is an awesome teaser leg. You basically just get a pick them. I might do any or all of that. I'll probably look at some alts, but here, just keep it easy. Rams minus six.
2: Yeah, to see a Rams team total up over four touchdowns, 28 and a half points. I was like, this is like Stafford year one stuff when they got him. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Cowboys too. And that's a great stat on the Niners as far as DVOA, offensive DVOA, because this this feels like what we're going to see sunday what we might have seen thanksgiving when dallas just took it and ran with it now i realize dallas is a lot more potent defensively had the, the the pick six uh a little bit different how we get there with the points but uh yeah, the commanders are pretty bad and sam howell's good for a, a turnover or two luke swain fact,
1: maybe as well the, yeah. the the team total too was twenty seven and a half, and that was my bet The total on this game has been going up. The line is not because the total is like, "Uh, you know what? Let's give the Rams a couple more points here. They're scoring. So that's why I ended up sticking with just the minus six here versus the team total over, though. I would not be surprised to see the Rams put up like 38 or something in the 40s here if they really get going.
2: Especially if they're healthy. Okay, Luke, your first best bet, please. I'm going to go with the Bills
3: playing two to the Cowboys at home on Sunday afternoon uh, which two one and a half money line any of them work as long as it's under three uh, but the bills are going to be getting a cowboys team that is coming off of a three-game homestand which we don't really see very often in the nfl and the cowboys are i think at peak price right now um, they've just been demolishing teams at home and now they're going to be going to buffalo which any team playing at buffalo when the sun is down in december is going to be a tough scene um, for any team Mm-hmm. And then you look at this Cowboys team, and on the road this year, they've had six road games, and they've beat the Panthers, which doesn't say a lot, Giants, which doesn't say a lot, and barely beat the Chargers in L.A., which was probably a Dallas game anyway. <laughs> um, and then they lost – they got destroyed by the Niners. They lost to Philly, and they lost to the Cardinals on the road with Josh Dobbs. So the Cowboys haven't – on the road this year really have been a totally different team. Um, And, not, and you're getting them going to a Buffalo team that has – probably the most motivation of any team right now to win Um, in the league that is healthy Um, and their defense is playing like a top 10 unit right now in the last month. And the Bills have forced their last three opponents to average under their season long in terms of EPA, which includes the Chiefs and the Eagles, which honestly says a ton about this defense that has really been struggling with injuries to start the season. And that bye week, like I said last week, couldn't have come at a better time. Um, And then you get Josh Allen going against a man-heavy Dallas team which any team that's man heavy going against a quarterback that can run like Josh Allen creates a lot of opportunities for Josh Allen um, so I'm just going to take this Bills team as a small favorite that is probably still undervalued going against a Cowboys team that right now is quarterback is the favorite to be MVP coming off three home games that they probably looked to like top three unit in the league going against a Bills team that I think is just going to run them out like they did the Dolphins um a, Earlier this season, if you remember that Dolphins team going to Buffalo, they got destroyed and they were at market peak as well. Um, the Cowboys just really haven't beaten many good teams this year. And the last good team they played was probably the Niners and they got demolished. Um, so I'm kind of expecting, hopefully expecting something similar.
0: Well, oh, even man. in the three a lot Eagles Holmes fans game. are mad at you right now. Yeah, well, I I, I, the Eagles A lot of Eagles line. fans are mad about that comment you
3: just made. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the Eagles. I mean, yeah, I yeah, tried. to. That was at home. So.
2: Well, even the home game Thursday night against Seattle, uh, the Seahawks were leading that game much of the way, and they put up points in a hurry. Uh, yeah, it's, it's also, mainly, to be it's, raining mainly in Buffalo be, too.
3: it's mainly just the uh, the pass defense that um, the Cowboys have played. Like they haven't faced a top fifteen unit in pass defense since the Niners, um, and this Bills
2: team is top ten. So it's also supposed to be raining in Buffalo on Sunday, so gross weather outside for a, a team that already isn't great on the road. Brandon Anderson, I'll throw this at you quickly. Josh Allen's rushing prop. Does that interest you in a, it's a, it's still kind of a big game. I know it was a bigger game for the bills. Every game gets bigger if they keep winning to make the playoffs 33 and a half is Josh Allen's rushing prop.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to what we talked about last week. I didn't actually look at it for this week yet, but I think Luke's right when you get a lot of man, then, you know, you get a lot of backs turned to you and not eyes on the quarterback to stop you from running and, Right. That stat we had last week when we, we hit, we hit with the early line, 30 and a half. He got to 34 and then knelt twice and finished at 32 on a closing line of 33 and a half, I believe. So it was close last week. He's not running quite as much this year. I don't know that I would run to grab it around that number, but I think it's still, I would certainly lean over on it. Um, to Luke, what you said about the defense, I noticed this week by DVOA. First four weeks of the season, the Bills were number three in DVOA. Week five to nine, they were 31st and 31st and past DVOA defensively. And we all kind of wrote them off, right? Like, oh, the Bills defense stinks. That's it for Buffalo. Last five games since then, back to seventh by DVOA defensively. So what do you know? Give Sean McDermott a little time with his guys. The bye week, like you said, this defense, I think, has come back around and and along with it, the Josh Allen narrative, because, hey, quarterback wins, and it turns out you're not a one-man team. You need some defense. Buffalo's defense is pretty good again. Rasul Douglas, I think, has a lot to do with that
3: as well. Yeah.
2: Okay, we've yet to hear from Mr. Anthony DeBundo, your first pick, DeBundo. Welcome
0: back to the program. So two weeks ago, Brendan, you weren't here, but we uh, discussed the Green Bay Packers again. on this show. Mm. And I said that if they you know, covered against the Kansas City Chiefs, plus six, that I would buy a cheese head uh, because I've been on this show six times this year. I've backed the Packers four of those six times. And now They've you're covered, watching them. You're watching, I'm the watching them every week. And I'm yep. telling you what, I'm really liking what I'm seeing. I know Jordan Love didn't have a great game Monday night, but uh, that was a bad spot for them on the road, uh, facing a Giants team off the bye, really struggled with the mobility of DeVito. They don't really have that problem here with Baker. We're back, baby. I said I would order the cheese head. And now oh, I'm oh. in on the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> and, uh, I wrote in my column that I wanted the three because I was a little unconcerned. I was a little concerned about the injury report for Green Bay. I'm okay laying the three and a half, given the fact that uh, two hours ago we're recording this Thursday afternoon, Matt and tweeted that Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, Aaron Jones, Jair Alexander, and Quay Walker all returned to practice, and that's a, that's half of the offense. Uh, like I said, Green Bay they struggled with Love's accuracy. They had some mistakes. Uh, you know, they were in and out of great spot, and they lost kind of a fluky game on the last kick. Okay. Now they get a Tampa Bay team that is not getting most of their secondary and defensive group back. They've been an absolute sieve defensively. If you look at, you know, I know Atlanta lost last week, but they moved the ball up and down the field on this Tampa Bay defense. I think Green Bay is going to have similar success. I still think the Packers are a bet on team down the stretch. And I think the NFC South is a fate. I pulled it up today. They are 11-25 in non-divisional games against the spread this year. The Bucs have most of those covers, and most of them came early in the season when Tampa ran ungodly hot on third down for the first month. So the Bucs this year, uh, their defense has continued to trend downward. Their run defense has not been great. Their, their secondary is so injured. Uh, I think Green Bay gets what it wants here. I think they get ahead, and you can't really run. You know, Tampa Bay's problem this year you can't. They haven't been able to run the ball. They're, they're bottom three in success rate rushing, bottom 10 EPA per rush. That's the weakness of this Green Bay defense. So I'm riding with the cheeseheads once again. Green Bay minus three and a half at home against Tampa Bay. There is still a three in the market. Obviously, there's a huge difference between three and three and a half. I'd pay the minus 120 to get the three. But for this, for this purpose of this show, we'll grade it at three and a half. I think Green Bay wins this going away and exposes this fraudulent NFC South as they have to go out of division after beating up on each other for a couple of weeks in the last few weeks.
2: In the market now, Packers are close to even money to make the playoffs. Brandon, you had a stat a few weeks back on totals as it pertains to the NFC South. I'm putting you on the spot. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah,
1: that that was last week and it actually didn't hit for us. It, we did uh, the Falcons box, took the under in that game. It was 19 to 10 with like 14 minutes left and about 300 yards of offense combined the whole game. And then they had like 350 yards and about two touchdowns each to to go over for the first time. That was the first game in seven uh, NFC South divisional games that any game finished with 40 points, which by the way, we do have another divisional game this week. We have Falcons Panthers. That total, I think is like 35 and trending down 34 now. Yeah, yeah. Steve. <laughs> so it's it's a, it's another one of those ugly NFC Souths, but uh yeah, I'm with the Bundo NFC South fade across the board. I know he and I both looked at taking the Giants against the Saints. We didn't go with that, but uh that's another like th- there anywhere you can fade this awful division. Seems like a good spot to do it right now.
2: Luke, we'll stick with you here for the we'll start your uh start the second round of picks with you. I don't know if you have a cheesehead uh down there in your, in your little bunker, but uh, you're riding with the Packers too. Why?
3: Yep, I'm with uh, Debundo on this one as well. And really, like, the three is what I wanted, and I actually um, flipped back and forth with this one um, from another pick, but came to terms with three and a half being totally fine, uh, where, like, the key point that I didn't think Debundo was going to take was the uh, non-divisional <laughs> matchups so far in division. Like, I mean, if you just look at it, their schedules, like every single – NFC South game, divisional game has been like really, really tight. And then if you look at the non-divisional games, like these teams are getting blown out. Um, and if you look at the recent games that the Bucks have had in non-divisional, like they're losing by like seven plus 10 plus to honestly teams that are probably like worse than the Packers in general. Um, and this is just a great bounce back spot for a Packers team that was really in probably like the worst possible spot on Monday night this, a couple of days ago. And, there were a lot of turnovers, a lot of fluky plays, and the health, like, the bundle brought into play. Like, the injury report's looking a lot better. Aaron Jones, I think we finally should get back. Uh, but Christian Watson will get back. Quay. Yeah. It's just a great spot for the Packers to bounce back. Um, hosting probably a fraudulent AFC t- like, Bucks team, AFC South team, they're all fraudulent um, at home. So, yeah, I'll weigh the three and a half as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Tampa Bay went to Indianapolis with basically the same indie, uh, in, injury report two weeks ago and closed plus three, and like I said, there is still a three out there. I think Green Bay is clearly better than Indianapolis right now uh, on both sides of the ball, uh, and you know it's the same number. Uh, and so, yeah, the Packers. Uh, I know they had a bad game, and I was literally, you know, I didn't have money on the game. I was sitting there almost rooting for the Giants because I knew that if they won, we might get that three because it was sitting at three and a half, and, and now there are some threes. So, question for both bump bump. <laughs> go, Pat, go.
1: If, uh, if, if, presuming <laughs> these injury reports come out clean, perhaps this number moves higher. So, for either of you, what would you play to? Would you play a minus four if it gets there? Would you play past it? That would depend on the Bucks injury report.
0: I definitely wouldn't lay more than four, though. Okay. Yeah. We I'm haven't gotten the Bucks Park. Thursday report yet, but, uh, it, based on like Dean and where he was trending, I don't think he's back this week either. So, like, their secondary is a disaster. Same cool.
3: ballpark. If it was four, like, I probably would have. If it was for today, I probably would have gone another direction for this podcast, but still Same. played it um, in terms of like what I gave out overall.
2: Yeah, the spot wasn't great for them Monday against the Giants. And it's also a reminder, too, Like they're a young team, the Packers. That's a mm-hmm. big time win against Kansas I think they're the youngest team in the NFL, uh, based on It certainly average, feels uh, that way. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you get a big time win uh, at home against Kansas City, let down, time to bounce back. Brandon. Your second pick, a little different from you uh, this week on this second pick.
1: Yeah, I had to get creative, again, not my favorite slate out here. I'm going to take a teaser here. So I trying to figure out what's my other game here. I guess two games in one. So I'm going to tease the Kansas City Chiefs, minus 7.5 at New England. Tease that down to minus 1.5. And then give me the Niners. They are minus 12 at Arizona. So tease that down to 6. If you don't do teasers a lot, you basically get to move the line six points. It matters which six points these are chosen in particular. The Chiefs, we cross off the seven, the three, both the key numbers there. And the Niners, we get past the seven. I think, honestly, both of these lines have dropped a bit this week. Maybe move back up a little bit to get past kind of teaser protection. So we can't do this. So I'm getting Chiefs minus one and a half at the Patriots. Basically, we just have to win at that point, right? Patriots aren't very good. Patriots, like that, that, was, that was like a kind sentence. The Patriots are bad. The Patriots are terrible. The Chiefs need to win. I'm not worried about Pat Mahomes against Belichick. I was enough to check into it. His numbers have been fine. He's thrown, I think, 10 touchdowns in four games against them. It's just that they lost two of them because the defense can stop anybody. Not a problem anymore because defense is pretty good for the Chiefs. Tom Brady not playing for the Patriots anymore. So solve that problem real good. Patriots don't have a pass rush. They're bad against the middle of the field. That's where Travis Kelsey lives. They're bad against receiving running backs. I think McKinnon could be another spot for him this week. And uh, normally, this would be, if it was a home team, this would be a long teaser. It's not. Not a good spot to tease a road team particularly uh, on the road just because road is tough. Pam Holmes. So I'm just going to take Pam Holmes here. 17-4 and four straight up in his career after he lost. He's lost two in a row. He has never, ever in his life, in the NFL, lost three in a row. So not going to start in New England.
2: Yeah, and, and I, would, I would add to Brandon that it is a home base for Taylor Swift, who is reportedly going to be at the game. Taylor's first ever concert was at Gillette Stadium. She is loved in Foxborough, and there's rumors she may ring the bell in the Ooh. big tower that they built out there, the craft the folks. Uh, so yeah. it, is, it is a home game for Taylor Swift
0: because <laughs> Foxborough was close to home.
2: So that, that is boding well for you, too.
0: Taylor is oh, okay. from Why I'm Missing Pennsylvania, Brendan. So I'm not sure about that, but I said
2: out. she her first ever <laughs> concert was at Gillette. It's Home, there's there's a feeling for Taylor being there. So and she's a she's a Chiefs fan. So as we all know, yeah. but I just want to throw that in there. So yeah,
1: I, I love the Patriots here for minus one. Or, sorry, I love the Chiefs against the Patriots here minus one and a half. This is the teaser leg I really wanted, and frankly, I would probably just play with the Rams, who I just gave out already. That would be my best teaser play of the two legs. But since I already did the Rams. Give me the Niners. We get under the touchdown. I just had to beat the Cardinals by a touchdown. It is a little bit of a trap game. It's another time for me taking a team coming off of a bye. That's Arizona. but And San Francisco has next week on Christmas Day, Baltimore. like That's a look-ahead spot if ever there was one. I think that's why I don't necessarily want just the Niners inflated line here. But we get under a touchdown. Again, I don't need to make the case. It's the Niners. They're the best team in the league. It's the Cardinals. They're not the best team in the league. Uh, Niners defense has also been number one over the last five weeks, along with the offense. So that's a huge difference. 49ers have scored 27 or more in every game this season, except when they lost. So if you don't think they're going to lose, they're going to score 27. Are the cards scoring 21? Uh, I don't think they do against this defense. And Niners this season, every win but one is by 12 or more points. Even the one that wasn't still covered this line at seven. Last 24 games for the Niners, 20 and four outright. They had big injuries in the four losses. 19 of those 20 wins cover this teaser line by seven or more points. Well, they, they won by seven or more to cover the teaser line. So, Chiefs teased to minus one half, Niners teased to minus six. And uh, yeah, just, you know, give me the teams and quarterbacks that are good to get a win. And we're, we're cheating a little bit to get one here, hopefully.
2: Okay. Very good. Second pick for Anthony DeBundo, the cheesehead himself.
0: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, Zach Wilson is back and I wrote this oh, in my God. column and said that I kind of regretted missing the tens on the Jets and that I was probably gonna pass here. But the more I've dug into this Miami situation, the more I'm concerned. And I don't really want to miss another opportunity to fade them because I had the spot circled last week and it wasn't gonna take Tennessee, but I wanted to take the Jets. Uh catching ten plus, thought we would get ten plus, then Miami went and choked away that game. But the defense was the most alarming thing for me for Miami. They gave up. Almost six yards per play to Tennessee. They got three very friendly, uh, you know, scores in that game and still lost. I mean, that's remarkable. And and the way that this offense moved the ball, a Tennessee offense which I am not high on, mm-hmm. uh, a Tennessee offense which has no O line, was able to kind of control the pass rush of Miami without Jalen Phillips. So I think this Miami team is is big big fraud. Uh, and I think they're still overvalued over a touchdown here, especially when you throw in all of these offensive line injuries, which is the big thing, right? They lose Connor Williams for the year. Their entire uh, report injury report this week is littered with offensive linemen. <laughs> Eichenberg is on the list. Armstead didn't practice Wednesday. Uh, Austin Jackson is limited. So there's all kinds of injuries here. And now A-Chan's on the injury report again. Don't know how serious it is, but he didn't practice. Uh, Tyree kills on the injury report. We saw how bad their offense became when he left the game last week. So I think Miami is overvalued. I think if you're looking at like, who's the most overvalued team in the NFL right now, now that the lions have been beaten down, it might be Miami. So give me the jets, Zach Wilson plus eight and a half against Miami.
2: Swing it back to Brandon. Another angle on this game. Dolphins jets.
1: Yeah, similar, but a little different, especially based on how DeBundo framed his pick. I'm going to go to that Jets-Dolphins game. I'm going to play the under 37 and a half. Really, I am wanting to bet against the Dolphins also. It's the Dolphins fade. Uh, I, don't, I don't hate the defense quite as much as where you're at on them. I just don't trust the Jets to score necessarily. So, uh, you know, Will Levis was like ripping it through the secondary, and I don't know that I trust Zach Wilson to do that here. Uh, the injuries, yeah, are a big thing first for Miami. You listed... You listed a bunch of offensive line injuries and still didn't get to both of their guards also injured, one on IR and one uh, that hasn't practiced yet this week. Like That is seven offensive linemen that are potentially out in this game. And if you look back earlier in the year, when they got crushed by Buffalo, when they had that downswing early in the season after the hot start, that was against good teams. It also was when the offensive line all got hurt. Connor Williams was the number one graded center at PFF so far this season. He's been awesome, especially in the run game. Tron Armstead is the one elite uh, lineman on the team. He's barely been able to play this season. There are a lot of injuries on the defense also. Both safeties are injured. Xavier Howard is injured. Andrew Van Ginkle, their star pass rusher now with Phillips out. I'm assuming some of those guys will play, obviously, since I like the defense here. But yeah, this is a fade of the Miami offense against the Jets. Defense has still been elite despite everything. And... Uh, We saw them do pretty well on Black Friday. I'll get to that game in a second. Yeah, I just don't think that the Dolphins are going to be able to score a ton here. Tua has struggled this season when he takes longer to throw because, like that, seems counterintuitive. It's like, well, the line is bad. Shouldn't they be getting them faster? The throw is getting out. No, it's that that read is not there right away. He's taking a little longer. The processing isn't great. He doesn't have quite the same arm as somebody like Will Levis, and that first read isn't there. That immediate throw to Waddle or to Tyreek especially when Tyreek's not on the field that's not there and now it's not going well I don't think I need to sell you too much on the Jets not scoring Zach Wilson battle line against still a pretty good pass rush Finns defense still fourth in DVA the last five games so I'm not too worried about what we saw in Tennessee I think they're just like an overall letdown thing before last week the Jets scored 30 then before then they had 13 points or less in six straight games like they don't have an offense. It's just not happening. Zach Wilson hasn't fixed that. So to me, you got two top five defenses by the numbers. You have the worst offense in the league. And you have a Dolphins offense that I just don't trust right now with all the injuries. And this looks like right now the biggest weather game of the weekend. Yep. We had 16 mile an hour winds coming in here. Zach Wilson, Tua with with uh, those winds. I don't really trust them. there. games with a 10 mile an hour wind or higher in the last three seasons. 126, 71, and 1 to the under, 64%. So about two-thirds of the time going under. Possible rain as well. Zach Wilson with total at 41 or below for his career, 9-2 and two to the under by eight points a game. We have never had, when there's a total at 41 or below with Zach Wilson starting, no one has ever scored 40 in, in any of those games ever before. So we need a little lower. We need the 37.5 here. But I trust them to get there. In that Black Friday game, you may remember, Finished with 47 points, two pick sixes, including That's the helped. fail Mary at the end of the half, or whatever we could decide to call that, and two touchdowns in garbage time in the last five minutes. So, outside of that, during the real portion of the game, the offense has put up a combined 20 points. So, I actually feel pretty good about that, despite the total. And Miami's offense, like DeBundo said, heading to the fourth quarter this Monday, Miami had three points of offense. So they had a pick six that was gifted to them, and they had three points, and then they got two fumbles inside the red zone late that gifted them the other touchdown. so I just don't trust Miami right now I will fade them as the bundle is but I'm gonna fade them with the under here under 37 and a half.
2: our colleague Nick Giffen of the predictive analytics team also identifies this game as a luck under Jets Dolphins highlights Zach Wilson progressing to the Zach Wilson mean and <laughs> uh, he also highlights the injuries go read it's it's a It's a Popsicle headache to try to read it on the air. Read the article. I tell Nick this all the time. It's great info, but you got to read it. It's not great for audio content, but go check that out, Action Network app. Nick Giffen has a breakdown on this game. Why under uh, is the look for him as far as a luck angle. Let's go to Luke for his last pick for Week 15. I'm
3: going to go with the Jags, getting three and a half, hosting the Ravens on Sunday night, which... I would probably hop on this one sooner rather than later. There's three showing, um, but there's plenty of three and a halfs available currently uh, for grading purposes. But really, the Jaguars injury report came out and it was a click for me um, where their offensive line was looking pretty tough until I want to say yesterday. It looks like it's going to be back to the normal in terms of starters. And then Kyle Hamilton being out for the Ravens, most likely, is actually a pretty big deal for them, which... They were already struggling uh, prior to the Hamilton injury. Um, I mean, they almost just lost to the Rams, uh, which I guess they won on the punt return. Um, For me, it's like you're downgrading them a little bit. And maybe this is just a personal opinion, but like I I just can't. I just, Lamar was amazing in that game, but expecting him to have the same type of performance again um, with this struggling defense on the road, I just, I'm going to take the Jags who have lost two in a row. Two weeks ago was pretty bad. I want to say two weeks ago. But last week, like you got Trevor Lawrence coming playing, who no one ever expected him to play with a high ankle sprain. And if you had the Jags and pick 'em pools, you almost even covered. Like everyone that bet one and a half, they were pretty much in the clear, but covering the plus three and a half with that two point conversion, which I had the Browns minus three and a half in my pick'em pool. Like, I have no idea how they almost cover that game. And, like, they just grinded the, their way back. Now they're at home coming off two straight losses. An extremely important game for them in terms of seeding. Lawrence should be healthier. I'm just going to take the Jags. I just think this is a valuable bet um, that you're going to win a lot more than you lose um, in this type of spot. So give me the Jags plus three and a half.
2: And on that same game, DeBundo, Sunday night,
0: you have an angle here, too. Yeah, let's have a little meteorological minute because I, I don't understand this total. And the only explanation that makes any sense to me is that the forecast is calling for a lot of rain and a lot of wind. Uh, but I, I went into some, some weather stuff here and I, I'm, calling, I'm calling BS on it. I don't think the weather's going to be that bad. I looked at it, the same weather system, it's a nor'easter coming up the East Coast, the same weather system that's going to cause problems in Miami early with the wind at one o'clock and that could cause some rain late in the game in Buffalo at four o'clock. They're also saying that, you know, the market is saying that this game at eight o'clock in Jacksonville is going to be impacted. And look, the storm's moving pretty quickly northeast up the eastern seaboard. By eight o'clock, you're looking at much diminished winds. Yes, if they were playing at one or at four, you're looking at like 20 mile an hour sustained winds, huge impact on the passing game, of course. But now, you know, by 8 o'clock, even the forecasted winds are down. And traditionally on the back end of these nor'easters, the wind uh, tends to be over-forecasted this far out. So I think that the market is too low on this total at 42.5. And And I'm going to play the over against it. I'm betting on this Jacksonville offense, which even in a really tough spot, like you said last week, Luke, put up 28 points against an elite defense. Even though a lot of it came in the back door, there's still going to be opportunities for that here. This Ravens secondary is overrated. They have not looked as good against quality passers. We just saw that last week. The offensive line is getting healthy for Jacksonville. Uh, I think they're in a pretty good scoring position, and this Jacksonville defense has taken a complete nosedive in the last few weeks, getting torched by you know Jake Browning and Joe Flacco in back-to-back weeks. Now they have to do with a Lamar who is playing as well as any quarterback in the NFL. He might not win MVP because stats say that Purdy and, and Prescott are playing at a higher level, and those offenses have been humming at a much more efficient level than this Baltimore one, but he is cooking. If you watch the All-22, you watch the game on Sunday, then you know this. Uh, He made a ton of awesome throws down the field. I don't think they're going to be able to run much on on Jacksonville because Jacksonville traditionally is pretty good against the run, so that means more passing. And with this weather not being as bad as I think, I think this total is too low, so over 42.5.
2: Brandon, I won't speak for you, but getting – Weather advice from someone wearing a cheese head uh, was something I'd never think I'd get in my life. And I bring Brandon into the equation because this is opposite of his hot read. He had under 43 and a half. That indeed has moved a point down to DeBundo's point. Brandon, do you you care to respond to the cheese head meteorologist?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, part of the reason I took the hot read is because the weather forecast did look even worse earlier in the week. So the cheese head forecast moving this direction, (laughs) basically... Basically, where I'm at is this. I would still lean under, but I would probably not bet it new right now. I I don't know that I will necessarily get out of it, and I wouldn't take the over. But as I dug into the matchup here, I agree. Both defenses are trending down a little bit. A lot of what Debundo said makes sense from a matchup standpoint. It's a primetime under. It's a home underdog under. The wind stuff potentially apply. It was a trends play for me, but some of the trends look a little less strong as the injury reports come out and the weather reports and the cheesehead weather reports get a little bit better here. So yeah, I don't know. I I actually consider the Ravens in this game here as well for the podcast. They're one of my picks I was thinking about at the minus three. I might just be behind on them. Maybe their defense is not quite what the metrics are making it. It certainly was not last week, and that was a pick that I lost out on. So I think I feel okay about staying away here, and I don't hate Uh, The pick here too much because I I think that my under is is not looked quite as good as it did early in the week, even though it did move down a point just because
0: some of the other stuff with the weather is probably going to move it back. Yeah, there's an old saying like "buy the rumor, sell the news. And that's very true in weather capping. Like you'll see this. There was a big tropical storm last year in college football. Every total in the southeast dropped six points off of like the early line. And it would, people would just assume the weather was going to stay the way it was. Forecasts are very volatile. They'll change. It is more likely than not the weather will not have an impact uh, when the game actually comes around. And you will get these certain examples where you may lose. But all of those totals were way too low because the storm passed and it went over. And it's kind of similar to last week. I mean, if there were a lot of totals early in the week yep. the Detroit game, the Chicago Detroit game, the total crashed yep. from 45 to 40. And you could have gotten under 45 and over 40, hit the middle, the game closed 44. Uh, and the under one, so the under early unders won, the late unders lost. So I think there's, you know, if the weather's locked in for really bad, different story. But here, I think there's much more of a chance the weather improves than gets worse.
1: Well, here's here's hoping we land right on forty three and uh, accidentally middle, and both of our picks cash for us. Forty three and a and a Jags cover by plus three, and we'll all get the win. 23-20 pod- Ravens. There you go.
2: We're a podcast of fairness and weather. Uh, here on the action network podcast <laughs> speaking and of which and dairy and, and yes and dairy thank you uh cheese head <laughs> the action network podcast is presented by BetMGM. use bonus code action when signing up to get up to fifteen hundred dollars paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in arizona colorado illinois indiana iowa kentucky louisiana maryland massachusetts michigan new jersey ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of the look-ahead, Brandon not only has one, but also a second look-ahead pick for week 16. What do you have for us?
1: Yeah, I had to do two. I'm going to be out next week traveling for the holidays. So a little Christmas gift from me to the listeners. Get a couple picks out ahead here. And there were more picks I liked for next week on the look-ahead than there was for this week. So I had to get you two of them. I'm going to start on Thursday night. Give me the Rams again. Rams minus four, home against the Saints. This line, we talked about it in the Slack a little before coming on. Basically, we're treating these teams as relative equals at a Rams minus four at home. I don't understand that. Now, on the surface, they're both six and seven. The Rams are 17th in DVOA for the season. The Saints are 21st. Yeah, okay, looks about right. If you're going by the whole season, but I think these teams are like ships passing the night right now. The Rams, we made the whole case earlier. Number nine DVOA. The second best offense behind the Niners. The Saints over those same five games, 30th in DVOA. We talk about Fade the NFC South. Holy cow. They're terrible. And it's not just the bottom 10 offense. That's pretty normal for them this season. They're 30th on defense. The defense that's been so good for so long has totally cratered. And their injury report is a disaster. Like it's just any, think of a Saints name you know, they're probably on the injury report. Now it's a short week. So then what comes out? Who's going to be on the injury report? Who plays? Does Carr play? Do you like the, you know, Chris Olave has been in and out. We got a bunch yep. of defenders in and out. It would not surprise me to see some of those guys just not be able to go on a Thursday game on such a short week. So also on a short week, you get Dennis Allen, the guy who I have loved to fade all year long against Sean McVay. Sean McVay on a four-day rest like this is 5-2 and two against the spread. I didn't look it up, but I'll just promise you right now, Dennis Allen, not 5-2 and two against the spread. In any trend you want to pick, he's not 5-2. He's definitely not on a short week, all the injuries. I think the Rams run up the score in Washington like we talked about earlier. I think the Saints might lose to the Giants, honestly. I think that that is in play. And if they do, this line probably ends up more like a touchdown than closer to a field goal where it is now. So to me, I think this might be my look-ahead spot of the year. We talked about it a little bit. DeBundo, I want to get your feedback on this because I think you played it and I saw you on Rams Futures, too. Am I crazy? I think this line just feels way off.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm I'm low Saints have been all year. I was kind of a Rams uncertain, but now I'm all in. I've been I've been betting the Rams the last two or three weeks. Uh, I game they were on the show two weeks ago against the Browns, and I think this team's turning the corner offensively with Kyron back as well. So yeah, I agree. I also bet it today. Yeah, they win
1: these two. The Rams uh, uh that we gave out that I gave out. Then they play the Giants. It's week 18 against the Niners, and if they win that, they're basically 100% to make the playoffs. The Niners might be resting by then, for all that we exactly. know as well. So that would be really good for them. Uh, yeah. I, the,
0: the, that's the top two offenses right now. So I think the Rams could be competitive even if they need to win that game. The Rams' biggest problem right now is that they don't have the tiebreaker against the Cheese. Um, so if they were to finish yeah. tied with them at 9-8, and eight, which is a very all, real possibility, all comes they, they would be the out. Cheese. Yep. <laughs> Go pack.
1: All right, so that's my one uh, look ahead for next week. Rams minus four. Then the other one, got to give my hometown area here a little love. Give me the Chicago Bears minus three home against the Cardinals again, minus three at home. We're basically saying these teams are equals. Why are we saying the Bears and Cardinals are equals? The Cardinals stink. The Bears do not stink right now. The Bears have been like pretty quality lately. Even just by DVOA, the Bears are almost at the the Cards are almost at the bottom. Bears are twenty third. 23rd is just like bad, not terrible. Those those matter being different. Cardinals are bottom three defensively in like any metric you choose, DVOA, EPA, success rate, all of the above. Their offense hasn't been a lot better with Kyler and it's worse on the road all year. Bears offense, I think honestly, is probably about as good or better as the Cardinals offense. And then defenses are not close. The Cardinals defense is terrible. The Bears defense last five games is third in DVOA. We all ripped them for the Montez Sweat trade between him and Jalen Johnson. That defense, Matt Eberflus is cooking, and that defense has been really good lately. Since the first month of the season from Mina Kimes, Bears are second defensively in EPA per play behind only the Jets. They're fourth in yards per play. Like This defense is the real deal right now, and this defense at home against the Cardinals in a spot where... The Cardinals, frankly, want to lose to keep their top pick and keep Marvin Harrison on their team, not the Bears. The Bears don't really care. The Bears have the Panthers pick. Another NFC South fade, so they can just go out and win. In fact, I looked up Bears playoff odds this week. Plus 1,400, by the way. I'm not doing it. That's not a pick. I'm not giving it out. But the fact that I considered it tells you if the Bears are hanging around enough to try here, which they are so far, I think the Bears possibly beat the Browns this week. We talked about that earlier. Cardinals should get crushed by the Niners based on the line. It's another one where certainly I expected to go past the key number. I'm surprised it's not already. It is actually at a couple of books. But again, I had to give up both these look-aheads. I think they should both be near a touchdown, and I would be not surprised if they both get there uh, by early next week. So Rams minus four Thursday night against the Saints, and then Chicago Bears on, I believe, Christmas Eve minus three against the Cardinals.
2: Okay, two Christmas stocking stuffers from Brandon Anderson before he heads off. So we won't hear from Brandon next week. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, Enjoy the holiday. That is going to do it here on the Action Network podcast for NFL Week 15 Best Bets presented by BetMGM. The full betting preview Sunday six-pack with Chris Raybon and Stucky is available now. You can also tune in to the weekly recap episode. Brandon, so you won't be on that next week, Brandon, or will you? I will be on. I will have my hot read
1: this Sunday night. Still, I'm just off the best bets episode next week, and don't worry, I'll be coming to you from from live from the North Pole, aka North Dakota. After that,
2: okay, very good, sounds good. All right, so there you go. You got Brandon with the hot read coming up Monday morning, first thing. Joe Gallant, Evan Abrams, they recap the weekend and they'll have Brandon's Hot Read, Monday Night Football, all that good stuff. Don't forget to download the free award-winning Action Network app to see all these guys' picks. Also, track your own. Check out the Action Network Discord channel as well to chop it up with the experts and fellow gamblers. It's a great way to come together, a good community build as it pertains to NFL betting. Best of luck with all of your bets this weekend, everybody for Luke, Brandon and Debundo, aka the cheese head, aka the meteorologist on the show, Brendan Glasheen. This is the Action Network Podcast, presented by BetMGM. Good luck.